You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode 144. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. last week, you heard all about hydration. That's for not only you, but also for any kind of teenager you might have in the household. And I do want to follow up that episode with what we followed up last year after the hydration episode, the Nutrition 101, because it really leads right into it. So all that information that you just learned, and hopefully you listened with your teen, this is another podcast from last year, but absolutely awesome information, and I highly recommend you listen to it with your kiddos, really any age, but definitely the teens and the teen athletes, absolutely for sure. But even if you don't have a teen and you're not a teen, all of this information, this is Nutrition 101, and it will really help you get everything on track. But first, I'd like to give you some new Eagle's Eye on Health, so here we go. Now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. Super short Eagle's Eye on Health today, but I thought this was an interesting one coming from the, actually a, a report from Consumer Reports, and they said to avoid this insomnia effect. So people who reported sleeping six hours or less were more apt to be dehydrated. I thought this was a good episode since we just talked about hydration last week, right? (laughs) So yes, people who reported sleeping six hours or less were more apt to be dehydrated than those who said they got eight hours of sleep, according to a recent study. Now, apparently in later sleep stages, the body releases a hormone that helps prevent dehydration. And those who skimp on sleep are going to miss out on that hormone release. Never knew that, never heard of it, makes sense, and I'm glad that I get eight hours of sleep because that's probably why I'm not very dehydrated, right? But it's something to think about because sleep is something that a lot of people are willing to overlook. And I would say sleep is one of the number one important things you need to work on if you're trying to lose weight or get healthy. People do not value sleep enough. And one of the reasons why is because they don't realize that when we're sleeping, a lot of important things are happening in our body. And one thing is hormone release. And I've talked about it before that people who aren't getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night may struggle to lose weight because hormones for weight loss are actually secreted when you're sleeping. But you might miss that if you're getting five hours or less, or even six hours or less potentially. And now we can see from another study that not only are weight loss hormones released when you're sleeping, but also hormones that help with hydration, or I should say dehydration. So getting seven to eight hours of sleep should be a goal for you. And if you know that you're not good about that, and you're the person who's going to bed really late or getting up really early and going to bed really late, this is something you want to maybe re-look at this one for yourself. What could you do if you had to get seven to eight hours of sleep? What would it look like for you? Does it mean you have to get in bed earlier, turn the phone off, turn the TV off earlier? Do you need to read before bed or maybe meditate before bed? 
Whatever it takes, I can tell you getting seven to eight hours of sleep is going to make a world of difference in your health and in your life. And it will give you more energy and you can cope with stress better. Everything is better when you get a good amount of sleep. Okay, let's go back. Nutrition 101. It was a fantastic episode last year. It was one of the most popular and I want to make sure you have an opportunity to listen to it once again because a lot of new listeners have started listening to the program and even if you heard it last year i can promise you there are things you forgot and things you might want to catch once again now let's go right to nutrition 101 so how can i help you with your own personal nutrition and how can i help you feed your teenager to make sure that they are getting as much benefit from their food as possible I do get a lot of parents who ask me recently, actually in the last year, I get a lot of parent emails saying, will you work with my teenager? My answer is no, I will not. This is why I will only work with 18 years and up. I personally would prefer not to work with someone really until maybe 21 and up. My reason? Well, being a teenager is tough enough. (laughs) And a lot of people come to me with teenage girls who want to lose weight. Some of these girls don't even have weight to lose. What do I mean by that? They're at a very healthy weight. So to put them on some type of program to help them lose a few pounds, to me is really not a benefit at all. If anything, it could give them some type of eating disorder, could give them body dysmorphia. Maybe they already have those things. And so working with me, a nutrition coach, that's not gonna help their situation. I would prefer they work with a psychologist. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all if you feel like your teen is already having a lot of struggles with weight, weight management, body dysmorphia, things like that. But I want to educate as many parents as I can because if I can educate you and you're the one who feeds your child, well, I think that's gonna help a lot in terms of their weight and their overall health. So I actually work with a lot of parents now who wanna help their children's nutrition because that is a much easier way to go. And often a parent thinks that their child has weight to lose or the parent has concerns, but they don't wanna tell their child, they don't wanna put that on them because then all of a sudden the child gets really conscious of their weight and oh, should they not be eating this? And and you don't want your child to feel that way. So I, I do commend those parents who come to me and say, I wanna help my child because I need to change their nutrition. It's on me, I wanna take responsibility, I wanna help them, but I don't want I don't want them to know it, you know, basically saying you don't want to tell your child they need to lose weight. Your child doesn't need to hear that. But what you can do as a parent is you can be very proactive and you can take control of their nutrition. Because let's face it, most of us parents are going to the market, buying the food and cooking for our children, right? Even our teenagers. And if your teen is already doing all of that, that's awesome. But did you educate them? Did you guide them? Do they know what to eat, what to buy in the market, how often they should be eating, what to look for on the labels? So those are the kind of things that we're gonna talk about today. What, what you should or shouldn't do, what you should tell your teen, what you shouldn't tell your teen. And again, it's not just for parents. Everything that I say today, this is Nutrition 101 that qualifies for all adults, okay? So let's get started. The first thing I wanna say, whether it's your teenager or yourself, there's no need to diet. So I don't ever want you to go on a diet. 
What do I mean by that? The keto diet, the fad diets, the detox diets, the cabbage soup diet back in the day. I did that one way back in the day. All these things are diets. And if you're doing them, your child's going to be watching. And would you put your child on any of these so-called diets? I know that I wouldn't. I mean, even back when I used to do all those crazy diets before I took on this profession, I don't think I would ever have my child do it. Like today, you for the next two weeks, my child can only have soup. I'm not going to let you have anything else but soup. I mean, would you do that to your child? It's funny what we'll do to ourselves, but we would never do it to our kid, right? Or some of these juicing cleanses. I would never tell my teenager, you can only have juice for the next three days. No. I, first of all, I would never do that because I would be starving. Um, and you shouldn't, you don't need to juice cleanse yourself. Just so you know, the liver does all that detoxing for you. That's why we have a liver. You don't have to do these detoxes. There's no research behind them. And the only thing that happens is you lose a few pounds just to gain a few more after because you binge eat because you're so hungry. So the first thing I want you to do and always make sure is don't be on any diets and don't be telling your teenager that you're on a diet because if they're always watching you, then guess what? One day they're going to say, well, I need to do that diet and I need to do that detox and my mom did that one and my dad did that one so I guess I should. No, instead you need to learn how to eat real food. You need to see food as fuel for your body. You need to make sure that food is not seen as an enemy in any way. It's just which foods that you're choosing. So are there some foods that are the enemy? Well, yeah, they're, you know, processed foods, foods with chemicals. If you want to detox, just stay, take those things out of your diet. But don't take real healthy food out of your diet. No more diets, okay? It's all about lifestyle nutrition. Now, the next important detail is three meals a day is an absolute must for you and your kiddo. Breakfast is an absolute must. Yes, it truly is the most important meal of the day. You will see some people say, oh, that's not true anymore, this and that. Honestly, I've seen more research in favor of breakfast than research not in favor of breakfast. It starts your day off with the fuel you need because you've already fasted all night long. And so some of this, you know, I've talked about before, but breakfast, the words mean break fast. You're breaking the fast because you already fasted all night from sleep until morning. That could be eight to 10 hours for some people. I hope it's at least eight. Shoot for eight. Okay, everyone. But that's a long time to go without any food. So now you get to eat breakfast. Yes, you get to. Yay. You should be excited. But a lot of you who don't eat breakfast and the kids too are now going to say to me, I'm just not hungry in the morning. I feel a little nauseous in the morning. Well, I have to work out early in the morning, so I don't like to eat before I work out. I'm sorry, but you have to, and your kid has to also, because without that fuel, they cannot stay focused, and you cannot stay focused with whatever you have coming up that morning. And a workout will always be superior. You will do so much better, you will feel better, you will recover better if you had breakfast before it. Yes. That does mean you might have to wake up a little bit earlier because you have to eat and digest before you work out, but it is 100% worth it. And if you start doing this now, and if your teenager starts eating breakfast now, if they're not already, I can assure you that years from now in college and after, their metabolisms are going to be much better for it. So breakfast is a must. Three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. 
then depending on your child or depending on you, depending on your size, right? So a tiny 15-year-old teenager weighing like 105 pounds is different than my adult male who's maybe 180, right? So how many snacks should you have? You're gonna have at least two snacks because I want one between breakfast and lunch and one between lunch and dinner and potentially two to four snacks. Um, if If you're a serious athlete, maybe even more. So you need three meals, two to four snacks, maybe more, and you're gonna base that on your hunger. Now that's where it gets a little tricky because some people are like, I'm hungry all day long. Well, some people are hungry all day long because they're not getting in the right nutrients, and we're gonna talk about that next. If you feel like you're hungry all the time, like you're never satisfied after a meal, you're never satisfied after a snack, my guess is you're not getting enough protein, you're not getting enough fat, because those are the things that satiate you, make you feel full. And so if you're just eating a ton of carbs, you'll never feel full. So all day long, you'll be starving. So let's make sure that you're getting in the right nutrients. But if you genuinely are hungry, like that stomach is growling, you need to eat. That is your body's metabolism. That is your body with a red flag in front of your face saying, I need food, I need food. Listen to your body. Your body is amazing. Everything your body does is amazing. You don't even have to tell it to you know, make your heart beat or how to heal and create a scab. Your body's gonna do that for you. So what you can do for your body is listen to it. And if you're hungry, you need to eat. But again, sometimes hunger, you know, if, if it's emotional hunger, it's a different story, right? So you go and you, you grab that food because you're stressed out, something happened emotionally, and you're using food to comfort. That's not hunger. And so you really have to dial in, am I really hungry or am I using this to comfort myself? So those are things to start to think about the next time you reach for that food. I don't want you limiting your food. As I said, anytime you start to limit your food, your calories, don't ever limit your children uh, or their food or calories. Because for the kids especially, if you start taking food away and they're hungry, they're gonna closet eat, they're they're hungry. Uh, If you take away too much of the fun stuff to eat, they're probably gonna do it behind your back. I know for me growing up, we could eat anything we wanted. You know, back in the day, of course, we didn't know as much about health, but there was sugar cereal in my house, okay? We had Fruit Loops and, you know, we had all, everything. But at the same time, my mom made three meals a day, three home-cooked meals a day. I always had breakfast, I always had a a handmade lunch, and I always had a home-cooked dinner that had a vegetable every single night. So yeah, we did have sugar cereal and we had cookies and, and all that, but guess what? My parents never told me how much I could have. So sometimes I would have friends come over and they'd say, well, how many cookies can we eat? And I'd say, I don't know, you know, whatever you want. You want a snack? Let's have some cookies. And they were like, wow, you can have as many as you want. And so what do you think they did? Because they were restricted at home as to how many cookies they could have. Well, they wanted to eat the whole box. And they could, some of my friends could. Like literally, they were eating the whole box. Or my neighbor, she's so sweet. My neighbor, they only had healthy food in their house. They had no sugar at all. So she would come to my house and pretty much binge eat all of our Fruit Loops. So if you take too much away from your children, they might just do it behind your back or they might want it even more. My parents basically said, here's the cookies, here's the cereal, have whatever you want. So. It was never a big deal to me, so I'd have a few cookies and I'd be done. I'd have a bowl of cereal and I'd be done. 
the amount that I was eating was, is, you know, is no big deal. So I was never overweight at all. I never had any health issues as a child. I was very healthy. So again, just be careful if you take away too much, what might happen. Now, that being said, I don't have a lot of sweets in my house for my son. He's a teenager. But I do what we do. Like, I, I have ice cream. My son has ice cream several times a week. Um, I have cookies in the house for him as well. I try to make them the healthiest possible. So my cookies and my ice cream in the house for him, they don't have high fructose corn syrup. They don't have dye. They don't have artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors. So I still want him to be able to enjoy those treats. He's a runner as well, so he needs a lot of calories. I want them to be healthy calories, but I'm not gonna deprive him and say, you can't have sweets, you can't have this, you can't have that. In the house, I provide the healthiest food possible. So, you know, whole grain bread, you know, eggs, everything, cheese, we eat everything in this house. We're not gluten-free, thankfully we don't need to be. Uh, We eat dairy, we eat everything, but again, giving him the opportunity to choose what he wants so he never thinks it's a big deal. So three meals a day, two to four snacks. Don't limit the amount of food that the kids are eating, even for yourself. If you're hungry, it means you need to eat. Now let's talk a little bit about nutrients because we were talking about that just a moment ago. Our body needs carbohydrates. Our body needs protein. Our body needs fat. And I've done a podcast on pretty much every single one of those nutrients. So if you want to go back into any of my podcast episodes to get a little more detail on each one of those macronutrients, just go to earnthatbody.com, click the podcast tab, and all 103 podcast episodes are right there. So you can scroll through, find what you're interested in. My overall premise today is that your body needs all of those. So do not be on the super low-carb diet. Do not be on a no-carb diet, because guess what? Your body needs those carbs. So does your teenager. And if you work out, and if your teenager works out, you need even more carbs, because that is the energy source that we use first, and we need that. It's just that these fat, carbs, and protein, they have to be in balance. So you need fat, you need protein, you need carbs. All of them in balance. That's the important thing. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to eat fat. I want to, you know, and I don't want my kids to have too much fat. And well, you need actually a certain amount of fat. You need the healthy fats. They're very important for sources of energy, for growth development, functioning of nerves and brain, transporting fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. We need all of that. So fat is important and healthy fats is what I'm talking about. So not trans fat. And, you know, most food, most foods say right now, you know, no trans fat. You don't want trans fat. That's the only fat you don't want. You want limited saturated fat. But you do need fats like avocado has some of the best healthy fat that you can ingest. It is so good for you. I mean, when my son was a baby, I used to mash up avocado, give that to him all the time. Um, Eggs with the yolk. The yolk is where all that fantastic healthy fat and protein is. We need that. So the eggs with the yolk is a great source of healthy uh, fat. What else? Almonds, walnuts. All of your nuts are high in fat, but they're healthy fat. Cooking with olive oil is another great way to get fat. Fish has really healthy fats in it. So 
Fat is important. Yes, it has to be limited. It has to be in moderation, just like everything else, right? But you do need fat in your day. So by no means go to a no-fat diet. I tell people all the time when when the no-fat diet was popular back in my day and everything was fat-free, and so you would you know get the Snackwell cookies and eat the whole box because you're like, oh, it's fat-free. I can eat them all. I had never been fatter in my life than during the fat-free craze, just so you know. So uh, a healthy fat is very important. Everything in moderation. Do not put your child on a low-fat, low-carb, low-protein diet. Everything needs to be balanced. Now, let's talk a little bit about food logging. If you have a teenager, I do not recommend they start food logging. I have some people who asked me, they had kids really young, like 13, and they were like, should I put my kid, you know, on loseit.com and have them log their food? I was like, no, don't do that to your kid. Like it's, it's way too much for a child. It's way too much for a teenager. It is consuming. I don't even like doing it to my clients. However, it is the only way that I can start to show my clients how to eat a balanced way and to see what are they eating, how much are they eating, how much was protein, how much was fat. So yes, if you do one of my nutrition programs, most of my nutrition programs, I will have you food log, but I don't want your teenagers doing it. Again, I don't want to create any kind of issues with their weight, with their weight management. Um, you You don't want them to be consumed by it. If you want them to be consumed by something, let them just be consumed by eating healthy, real foods. But do not overwhelm them and start having them food logs. I highly recommend they do not do that. I honestly, I start all my clients off with something called the pre-session. It's called Ramp It Up. It's a four-week program before we start our primary program where there's no food logging at all. And some of my clients lose more weight then than when we start food logging because it the ramp it up period is teaching you what kinds of foods to eat, what not to eat, and really slowly making those lifestyle changes. But it's not all about food logging and I do not want the teenagers food logging. The only time I would have you tell your teenager to log their food is if you make all these changes we're talking about today, your child seriously is overweight, as in the doctor told you that your child needs to lose weight, And at that point, I would need to see what they were eating. So I might just have you log their food if you could see everything that they're eating in a day so that I would have a sense of where they're lacking certain nutrients. Are there, is the protein high enough? Are they getting too many carbs, too many sweets, too much sugar, too much sodium? So I would probably have you do it before I would have the teenager do it. But at that point, When I know they have to lose weight, it's become a health issue, then at that point we need to see exactly what they're eating. But no, otherwise no teens should be uh, logging their food. It's just simply not necessary. Okay, food is fuel. Food is not comfort. That's another really important thing for you as a parent and you as an adult who needs to eat healthy. Unfortunately, we've all grown up in a time, you know, I know for me, everyone really, you know, if you had a bad day, your parents took you out for ice cream. If you lost a baseball game, your parents took you out for donuts. You know, your parents never want you to feel bad. They always want to cheer you up. And unfortunately, a lot of our parents did that with sweets. So what happens is that becomes our comfort food. We become an adult and we're not having a good day. And so we say, I'm going to go get a donut. That's what I did growing up. Makes me feel good. You know, problem is that's not really helping the problem. 
And so as we get older, and let's face it, stress only increases as we get older, we might be reaching for those donuts way too often. And so I always say, and especially if you have little, little ones, really start this habit early when they have a bad day, when they lose a baseball game, whatever it is you want to cheer them up for, don't make it a food item. So I used to, you know, my son used to lose a game or, you know, something was upsetting him and I wanted to cheer him up. We would go to the bookstore and I would let him pick out any book he wanted. And that excited him. Like it was a new book or a new game. But I always tried to make it something that was not food because I really think that is what leads to comfort eating later and can really lead to a lot of that emotional eating that so many people have. So try not to do that with your young ones, even with the teenagers. And then for yourself as an adult, if you see that you are someone who does that, that emotional type eating, you wanna feel good, it's what you grab first under those stressful situations, start to get really cognizant about that. It's like, oh, Oh, I remember Kim was saying I might grab a donut when I'm stressed and here I am. I'm about to grab this donut. But is my donut going to fix the stress? No, it's not. You're going to eat the donut. Then you're going to have a stomach ache. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel bad. And you still have all that stress on top of it. So try to do something else nice for yourself. Go get a manicure, a pedicure. You can go get a massage. Whatever it is that makes you feel good, let's stop rewarding ourselves with unhealthy food Um, or not even rewarding necessarily, but soothing ourselves as well. That's something you want to really take note of. Now, food labels, I've talked about a lot in the last couple episodes, so I'm just briefly going to go over it now. If if you missed the last two episodes, again, we did um, how to fuel the athlete, how to hydrate the athlete, and those were for teens and adults. So food labels, you want to be really clear when you buy food. You want real food. We don't want processed food and we don't want chemicals. The body doesn't know what to do with all of that. So like diet soda is like the worst thing that you could ingest. I'd rather you have regular soda than diet soda because of all the chemicals in there. Why do you think people who drink diet soda drink obscene amounts of it? Have you ever seen diet soda drinkers? They drink so many bottles. It's like... The chemicals in there are so terrible and your body doesn't really know what to do with it. So you keep drinking it and the body doesn't even like, you you never feel hydrated. You never feel full. The body doesn't know how to even recognize what it is. So you just keep drinking more and more and more and you're like, oh, it's it's calorie free. I can. It's like the whole fat free thing, right? I just, you know, I rarely see a super fit person who drinks diet soda. It's usually very overweight people drinking diet soda. And diet soda does not make you lose weight. It just doesn't. So don't be a diet drinker. (laughs) Anything that says diet basically has no sugar in it. If it says sugar-free, it has artificial sweeteners in it, like aspartame, sucralose, saccharin. You do not want that in your body. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to make sure that it doesn't have those artificial sweeteners in it. Make sure it doesn't say artificial anywhere on the label. So when you're looking at the ingredients, if it says artificial flavors, artificial color, artificial sweeteners, it's out. It's not an option. There's too many healthy options these days that have all the good ingredients that you do not need to buy the unhealthy ones. What do I mean by that? Oreos. They 
are not probably the best. I haven't, ha- I haven't actually looked at the ingredients of an Oreo in a really long time, so I can't say exactly what's in it. But I can tell you that Trader Joe's makes JoJo's, and they're exactly the same as Oreos, but they don't have anything bad in it. They don't have any artificial anything. So there's nothing, pretty much these days at Whole Foods or some kind of health food store, anything you like, you can probably find a healthy version of without the dye, without the artificial stuff. So go for it. If you have to have that Oreo cookie, at least get the JoJo. So let's start cleaning up our food as much as we can. So that's what I want you to look for in the labels. Also dye. If it says red number five, yellow number this, green number that, if it has a color and a number, that means there's dye in it. Dye is a chemical. We don't need dye in our food because we can use real food to color things if we wanted. A lot of companies use beets now to make things red or pink, but you definitely don't want dye. So next time your teenager picks up that Gatorade from 7-Eleven, have them read the label and see if it says blue number whatever. And that means there's dye in it, okay? So things to be careful of, labels you want to check. You want as few ingredients as possible on the label. You don't want a paragraph of ingredients half of the words you can't pronounce. You want like five or six ingredients max, everything you can pronounce, everything you know what it is. It has peanuts, it has salt. But when you start reading these words that are so long (laughs) and you can't pronounce them, it's probably, we're talking heavy preservatives, heavy chemicals at this point. So looking at the labels for anything artificial, any dye, we don't want that. Real food items with very few ingredients. You wanna stay as close to the source as possible. That's what we say. As close to the source, meaning whatever the food item is, that's all you want in it. You don't need 500 other ingredients to keep it on the shelf for six years, all right? Next, let's talk a little bit about special diets. And this definitely came up when I did a talk at the Lake Travis High School. I I talked to the cross country team and some people there were on special diets. Now, if that's you, like if you have diabetes and you're on a special diet, then everything I said about artificial sweeteners does not pertain to you. If you're on a special diet and this is a doctor prescribing this diet to you, you always wanna stay with what your doctor has prescribed to you, not what I tell you right now. So if you have any kind of ailments, any illness, and you are on a special nutrition plan, listen to your doctor, follow that. However, if you are on a special diet for any other reason, it could be a religious reason, it could be just your passion, you know, people who are vegan, they just, they don't wanna do anything that has to do with animals, and I completely respect that. However, you have to be very aware of certain nutrients that you might be missing or your child might be missing. So I kind of say like special diets, it's not really a joke here. This is really serious. And if your child chooses to be vegetarian or if you do, if you choose to be vegan, are you sure that you're getting in all the necessary ingredients? That is something you need to talk to a doctor, a nutritionist, a dietitian about, especially for your teenager, because your teenager's growing still, and they need iron, and they need calcium for their bones, and they need things because their bodies are still growing. You need these things too, but I feel like a teenager, they are just, that is like such a serious growth development time, especially for the athlete teenager, they need a lot. And so if they are on a special diet, Are they getting what they need? Well, the only way you're gonna know that is if you take them to the doctor and you do some blood work. So I highly, highly recommend 
have your teenager get some blood work done so you have some baseline numbers. And for you as well, if you haven't gotten your blood work done, I get mine done every year now, every single year. The earlier you do it, the better. My son's pediatrician had him do it several years ago, so he was maybe 13. So they have some baseline numbers. Now, what am I talking about by special diets? Okay. So the vegans and the vegetarians, my biggest concerns are that you have a lack of protein, iron, calcium, B12, and vitamin D. Those are all things that you and your teenager absolutely need. So to be a vegetarian and a vegan takes a lot of work. It can be done. I know people who do it, but it is like a full-time job for them to make sure they're getting all of those nutrients in. So I recommend for sure if you're a vegan and a vegetarian, go get your blood work done. Make sure there's no anemia already starting. Make sure you know if if you are low in vitamin D, B12, all these things. If you have the numbers, if you have that, then you'll know everything's fine, so you're doing a great job. But what if something isn't? What if something's super low? Then you're gonna see that you need to make some changes with the special diet you're on. And honestly, when you get blood work done, That's knowledge, and knowledge is power. So the more we know about our body, the more we can take charge. So that's really important to get that baseline blood work done. What else is a special diet? Well, like dairy-free. Lot of people, dairy-free. If you have some kind of digestive issues and dairy is the, the culprit, dairy is the reason, then I totally understand. Like, you've got to work around that, right? Some people say, oh, you know, it affects the skin for the teenagers. It's making the acne worse. Some, some research that I've read basically says that milk is definitely not good for acne, but people have been able to do the Greek yogurt and cheese, and it doesn't affect. So sometimes you can take milk out, but it doesn't have to be all dairy, because as soon as we take out all dairy, my concern is that lack of calcium and vitamin D. And calcium's really important for the teenagers. They're growing their bones, and it's also important for you. And it's especially important for athletes because you don't want to get those stress fractures. Um, So dairy-free, you have to be really careful that you're getting enough of that calcium, vitamin D. Perhaps you're gluten-free. Now, if you have celiac disease, then you have to be gluten-free. I totally get it. But a lot of people think these days that gluten-free means a healthier diet. That is not true. It is not true at all. If anything, most of the gluten-free products have way more chemicals uh, than any real food product. So they are not healthier products. If you have a gluten sensitivity and you've taken gluten out of your diet and you feel better now, then you need to do what makes you feel better. But by no means should you think that going gluten-free means you've got gotten healthier. The only reason a lot of people are healthier by going gluten-free is because they make a stand and they say, I'm going gluten-free. And then that restricts them from eating a lot of, let's just say, crap. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna be really straightforward. It restricts them from eating a lot of crap. So they took crap out of their diet. Being gluten-free isn't why they lost weight. It's because they don't eat all the donuts and the white breads and all this stuff anymore that they used to eat. So be really clear on why you're going gluten-free and if you need to be. Um, A concern for being gluten-free 
Increased calories, a lot of the foods that are gluten-free are much higher in calories. They have a lot of artificial ingredients and a lot of chemicals because they're trying to give the food the same texture, the same flavor, but they took something out of it. And so then they have to put something back in so that it makes it edible. But what they put back in isn't always a healthy item, okay, a healthy ingredient. Another special diet would be if you've gone low carb, if you've gone keto, everybody you know thinks keto is the thing. I can tell you that it's not the thing. <laughs> you can uh, definitely catch my episode on keto. I did a whole podcast episode on it. Don't go keto and teenagers don't even think about it. Uh, my concerns for being keto is you're not getting enough carbs. An athlete needs carbs. So let's talk about that. What are healthy carbs? Because yeah, we don't want the processed carbs. I'm not telling you to go out and eat a bunch of donuts and white bread, but there's a lot of healthy carbohydrates that you can have. You know, um, sweet potatoes. That's There's nothing wrong with sweet potatoes. So when someone tells me, you know, that they they've gone carb-free and I'm like, why? You know, what's wrong with eating sweet potatoes? That's, it's such a healthy item that you can have, uh, such a healthy carb. Even beans, beans, nothing wrong with beans. That's, you're gonna get a good carbohydrate lift from that as well. Um, what else? I should have my list in front of me, but I don't. A lot of vegetables actually as well. A lot of vegetables have a lot of carbs, whole grains, um, brown rice. There's nothing wrong with brown rice, quinoa. All those things are healthy carbs and you can absolutely have healthy carbs. So avoid all the processed stuff. You definitely don't need to have that, but let's make sure that you're getting in enough of the healthy stuff. Uh, also fruit obviously has a lot of healthy carbohydrates, oatmeal as well. All of those are fantastic. So don't be don't be minimizing what you're putting in your body. So no low carb, no keto. I can't even I can't even go on and on because I did a whole podcast on it. So I already went on and on. Check it out there. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, and again, we briefly already talked about it in the last couple episodes, supplements. Supplements for you, supplements for your teenager. No, I did a whole podcast episode on that too. <laughs> so if you want to, to understand why I don't recommend supplements, please listen to podcast episode number 86. You don't need it. You, you can get everything you need with real food. So don't lean on supplements to get you through. If you are uh, vegan and so you're you know, taking in 150 grams of protein powder a day, I don't think that's a healthy option. I, I need you to get that protein elsewhere because there's too many supplements out there that have heavy metals in them. Uh, we don't know what's in a lot of supplements or we don't know what's in any supplement because they're not regulated by the FDA. They're actually not regulated until something goes wrong. That's how it works. So listen to that podcast, episode number 86, if you want to know more about that. But I really don't think that anybody needs any type of supplement. If you do want a multivitamin, I recommend you ask your doctor. Ask your doctor if you need one and ask your doctor what type they recommend. But you want to be careful when you are uh, shopping for a vitamin. Check the label. Make sure it doesn't have a lot of Chinese herbs in it. That is like the new thing. It's not new, but it's so like America of us to do this. And I, and I say this with, you know, I went to graduate school for Eastern medicine. So all I did was prescribe Chinese herbs to my patients back in the day. But these Chinese herbs, they're not meant to be taken every single day. 
like a multivitamin is. And so here in America, we think, oh, I'll put ginkgo in this vitamin and tell people they'll also get smarter. You know, now they'll take their multivitamin and get smarter at the same time because it has ginkgo in it. Yeah, doesn't work like that. And you're not supposed to take certain herbs, really most herbs, every single day forever. So just make sure it doesn't have any Chinese herbs in it. That would be my my biggest thing when you're looking at the labels of a vitamin. And that's it. That's Nutrition 101. Um, I'm not going to really go into alcohol. There's a podcast on that. I'm not going to go really into further, you know, sweets, uh, you know, sugar, the donuts. Obviously, all that has to be in moderation. Should you have it? Probably not every single day, but can you have it? Yeah. So like I have all my sweets on the weekend. When I say all my, so I have a couple, you know, I have a a sweet treat on Friday and Saturday pretty much. By Sunday, I'm over it. Um, Cocktails, same thing. I have a drink on Friday, Saturday. I don't drink during the week. The teenagers obviously don't have that issue. I hope (laughs) they're not old enough yet. Um, Everything in moderation, including moderation. That is what my professor used to say to us all the time in graduate school, and it is so true. And I think that if everybody started eating more real food, depending less on the supplements, depending less on the processed foods and all things like that, and you just ate in moderation, you were like, yeah, I had a sweet treat today, and you know, but I ate everything else was healthy, or tomorrow I'm going to have fruit instead of that sweet treat. I mean, that would be great. And when you start to think of food as the fuel in your body and how it helps your body and what it does to the human body, which again, I'm always saying the human body is amazing. Help your body. Um, I think it becomes less overwhelming because all of these diets are so overwhelming. And if you do go to a dietitian, they give you these meal plans and they're overwhelming. And I just, I don't think that nutrition and health has to be so complicated. So break it down, get it back to the basics, eat your three meals a day, get your snacks in. Let's take out the processed foods. Let's take out the artificial stuff. And other than that, absolutely be grateful for your healthy body every day. Because the day you get sick, the day you have illness, the day you get injured, those are the days that you long for that health again. So all the healthy days, be grateful and then make the body strong and powerful with the food that you eat so that one day when you are sick, your body is strong and can handle it. If you ever have any questions, my email is kim at earnthatbody.com. Check out my website, subscribe to the podcast. That's free health, fitness, and nutrition information every single week. I appreciate you as a listener. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a fantastic and super healthy week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.